so I don't know. I was gonna ask you this week. Did you find like your any of your your cinephile habits back? I did. Because I was trying, I was trying to find it, and I still, I'm still kind of on the border. You know, I'm just like you know, not really, not really there where I was, but where I am most of the time. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I I feel you there. But a couple nights ago, I I think I caught the bug again because yeah. I uh, so yeah we we've got YouTube TV to like get through this right now, and then I got an email that you could do a free trial of like all these different things for five days, mm-hmm. like all these different add-ons. So I was like, okay, I'll check these out. And so I started with the stars add-on. So I have it for five days, which started like started yesterday i think and from then on i watched four total movies yeah you know, okay. like wow. 36 hours 48 wow. hours 48 wow. hours yeah uh so yeah, i'm trying to just i'm just going through all the like on-demand stars things through youtube tv mm-hmm. i'm just trying to watch as much as i can that's on there in the next in the next five days so just like the you know how we have to cram the criterion stuff before it leaves that's Oh, yeah, that's five days, that's a red alert. Mm-hmm. And there was stuff on there that I've been wanting to see for a while, so I, uh, yeah, it's that's motivating. But yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think I'm getting back in the in the movie-watching mode, though. Yeah, I, I really haven't uh, found it yet. I think maybe I need to um, adjust, change my strategy up, uh, possibly, like, watch, I don't know, dumber things and just like more uh mainstream things like i watched like five movies this week but like i i really was hoping i i was gonna catch the bug like at the beginning of this week like i i popped in this uh kurosawa movie called dreams and i was like in the middle of it and i was like oh this is you know, this is so cool, right? And I was like, I think this is going to give me my, you know, my addiction back. I'm going to watch all this stuff after this. And then I kind of like, <laughs> as it went on, I found myself just like exhausted by it. And I was just like, I eh, got to stop <laughs> again. I, I don't know. I feel yeah. like there's something with like watching, entering a new, uh, a new story and world. Like every time I think I'm just, I need like a, a break from it. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've been watching The Sopranos recently, and I realize that's, like, what I need right now is just to, like, stay inside something that, you, you know, you know well and just, uh, I don't know. There's there's something really effortless about just, like, watching the same dynamic over and over and over again. I think I might need to do that for a little bit. Yeah, it's familiar. You're not having to, like, learn new exactly. characters exactly. and everything so so often. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely where I was the past like three weeks before this yeah, yeah. I, I don't think and i don't think this whole year i've really taken any movie breaks so i <laughs> yeah, think this right. is just like this is long overdue because this whole year and a movie wise i've i've just done so well so yeah you know <laughs> you've watched a ton i mean yeah we both have but i yeah this i feel like it's weird that we're in this we're kind of in this state where we are taking a break from from movies. Yeah, but I was... and, and being at home as much as we are, it just feel, it's a weird feeling to not be just plowing yeah. through movies because usually I am. Yeah, my my time spent 
that I would be watching movies. I've spent a lot more time playing video games lately. Yeah. Which I think it because that's kept my mind like engaged. Um, but I but I've been like you know replaying a lot of things that I've that I've already played too. So yeah, I don't know, it's that like familiarity. Um, and last week, um, you know, we watched a few like bigger bigger movies that we've seen like before, like Harry Potter. We watched yeah, uh, yeah, watched like, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean recently. Like I know you did too. Yeah, I, I could do that that, uh, that type of thing easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney Plus is actually kind of originally kickstarted my uh, the movie bug again for me just from watching something from my childhood i guess mm-hmm. like we watched peter pan too and that oh, sort of got me interested that. in yeah. watching more yeah which uh peter pan it doesn't it doesn't hold up as well as i thought it would uh it's actually pretty racist <laughs> but uh yeah it's probably uh, pretty a weird one it was weird when i was a kid yeah i didn't remember so much of it either uh you know i always just think about like peter pan captain hook it was the mermaids. I do remember like the the Native Americans in it a little bit, but there's so much else that I do not remember. Yeah, I just remember the girl. She's always like Peter. Oh my Wendy. god. Yeah, Wendy. And they all in Peter Pan. They all hate Wendy. Like Tinkerbell tries to murder Wendy throughout the movie because she's like competing with Peter for or competing with um, Wendy for Peter's affection, and it's like what? pretty. That's Bad. that's man. They they insinuate that. That's not a thing yeah. I probably understood as a kid. No, not at all. Why well, everyone's mermaids, just, even the mermaids competing for Peter's affection. Yeah, they they're obsessed. The, the mermaids why, are so what, in love with him. That's why Peter's uh, Peter's Island. Yeah, it's yeah. It actually when you see it now, yeah, Peter Pan. He looks like he is uh, like the leader of a cult. And he has all yeah. these women who are like his sexual, <laughs> just they just provide him sexual favors, and that's he's a yeah, child who has sexual pleasures. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, forever. it's really weird. Forever when he really stays a kid forever, having sexual pleasures. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see the uh, the uh, the live action version? It was like made in like. I don't even remember how old I was, but or it was in the 2000s. I'm pretty sure. Talking about Hook. No, there was one called. I, there is Hook, but there was one called just like Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I I did not see that one. I watched yeah. that one a ton as a kid, but man, that one was really weird. Man, yeah, a live action Peter Pan, like, cause Hook is a little different, cause it takes a sort of a different spin on the Peter Pan. sounds more like a character where he's the main character, Captain Hook. It's a character study of him. Yeah, Hook is something my sister and I watched like a thousand times. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the more normal one to watch than the just the Peter Pan. But it has it has a lot of like inspirational uh, music in it. Like the score is like really inspirational. That's like <laughs> what I remember about it is like when you see Peter Pan fighting Captain Hook, you're like, oh my God, Peter. It's like Peter's like a superhero or something like that. Wow. Yeah, no, I I have not seen that. Do you know who's in who's in that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like, it's all from memory right now. Yeah, but it, it's, a, it's a weird one. But I've been really interested lately since we have all this free time just to 
go down a rabbit hole of watching all these old uh, Disney Disney cartoons because yeah, a lot goes over your head as a kid. And uh, yeah, it's different times. Yeah, different times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, uh, something that I did watch recently that I I feel like you would like uh, is um, Little Shop of Horrors, which mm. um, was it was a fun uh, fun musical comedy from the eighties. Uh, and we actually watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids last week, and then I was yeah, like, Man, I, I, I wanted to rewatch that because. It was one of the first movies when I was a kid where I was like, what is that? It's this movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that one, that's another one that I don't think holds up uh, as well as I'd hoped. Yeah. But it made me want to watch more uh, movies with Rick Rick Moranis. Because what a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I watched Little Shop of Horrors and I I thought it was a really great time. Uh, It was was a good movie for now because it was just weird wacky whimsical and uh and feel good it was uh yeah that's that's sort of the the highlights of and a class it's a classic yeah as steve martin in it too steve martin's funny um oh, yeah. yeah yeah so it made steve me want to watch more steve martin and rick moranis type stuff from does steve martin sing yeah he does yeah he's yeah. like a he's an asshole in it he's a he's like this tough biker guy um so it's really kind of out of character for steve martin but uh yeah he's funny in it so yeah and john candy and bill murray oh yes john candy actually he's a he's like this radio shock jock guy he's hilarious in it too yeah. uh yeah it, it, yeah that got me wanting to watch more more of that type of stuff those 80s and 90s yeah i, I love that stuff mm-hmm. i like family events i would just that's what uh, you know, like my uncles, like my dad's brothers would be playing always as 80s comedies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty much what I've been uh, what I've been I, doing lately. I, I did. I did rewatch uh, Mad Max Fury Road this week. Oh, um, yeah, I saw that. That was a great time. Like easy. I can do stuff like that. No problem. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I had an awesome time with that. It was of course, epic. Um, Obviously, yeah. There's nothing really else to report. I watched that Kurosawa dream movie, Dreams, <laughs> which is actually it's actually produced, I think, by George Lucas and Whoa. possibly like Martin Scorsese. Uh, just like the or Spie- and maybe Spielberg is like those types of guys. Like it's wow. I think it might be Kurosawa's like maybe his last movie. It was made in like '91. Um, and you could tell it was like a movie that uh, big American filmmakers were trying to like push it to you know to the states to get uh, American audiences uh, to see it. And it's yeah, it's really like just a series of vignettes of Kurosawa just like saying I had another dream, and then it's like another little story, like just some oh. weird thing. Yeah. Does he really? like narrate it? No, no, no. Uh, but there's just like separating all the um separating each dream is like just a title card saying i had another dream Um, and there's like 10 and there's like 10 of them and uh yeah yeah and they're all you know very uh interesting and weird and kurosawa like uh Mm -hmm. 
it's just a lot of like really hypnotic Im- imagery and uh yeah it was cool nice which that actually reminds me i uh, did watch yojimbo in the past week too nice um, yeah i've seen that yeah it's good which is clearly it's obvious why kurosawa got a writing credit on fistful of dollars because it's basically the exact same oh movie. cool yeah. Cool. So was, yeah afterwards i was looking at like comparisons between the two and it's i think i knew that i think i think i knew that i think leone was even like yeah i mean i'm remaking yojimbo pretty much and then I, there was a lawsuit where they had to um they had to settle on they had some money settlement and had to um credit kurosawa as a writer mm. um or producer or something he he had some sort of credit um but yeah, it's uh, still movies that I both really like. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a more like mainstream Kurosawa than what I watch. Like, Dream, Dreams, I feel like, is more obscure and it's got it's got like a lot of uh, weird uh, weird artsy stuff in it. Yeah, no, Yojimbo felt like a very very much like uh, mainstream Western. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Western, yeah. So is that other one, uh, Rashomon? It has that feel. Rashomon, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for uh, what we've been watching. Should we get into... Yeah, today's n- new topic. New very, topic. Very new topic, but it also is a... Uh, it's, based, it's based off a, a classic piece of television and... Uh, <laughs> goes off exactly what we're usually talking about uh john and i in high school were huge office fans as you know any two cool high school kids are and you know we we watched the office before uh you know every girl on their tinder account writes i'm like pam you know or i'm (laughs) totally angela you know i'm looking for the gym to my pam yeah yeah before like the office came on netflix and then it was already basically done and everyone decided to watch it you know not 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 saying that john and i were (laughs) diving into some very obscure at all but like still we were one of the original hardcore office fans yeah uh, that's the weird thing about The Office is because it's like this hugely popular thing, and uh, like so many people are huge fans of it. So it's yeah. weird to, to say it's weird to think like, yeah, I feel like we're we are sort of original fans because I can still remember yeah like The Office promos for the first season back in the day yeah or it had this like oh that's the guy from like Bruce Almighty and uh, Forty Year Old Virgin yeah like the show yeah. And uh, yeah, we were. It's one of the last big... shows I feel like you could sit where you can say that with where, because it Netflix like blew it up so much. Yeah. Um, but it it was like right before Netflix blew it up, where it was like still one of the last shows on TV where you you were like following week to week and. Yeah. Yeah, def- but... that was definitely the last show that I regularly watched on television. Uh, I can't think of anything since then that I've... Yeah, and then I remember after high school, it was just like all these people I knew were like, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to start watching The Office. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you're you're checking out The Office, huh? And uh, still, people like a few years ago were like, I think I'm going to watch more of uh, The Office. And I'm, they're like watching an episode where I know like 
every detail of it and they're just like watching it they really you know they don't know it as well as i do and yeah that's just like the feel i've had uh with the show over the past 10 years as it's become uh america's show yeah it's the it is the most watched thing on netflix yeah it's america's show Mm -hmm. for our generation it's definitely like the the show uh, you know, it's like I feel like Seinfeld uh, was maybe just before ours was kind of I mean, it's still big for like our generation. But, it, um, you know, at the time it was like the biggest thing, biggest show. And then I feel like The Office was sort of the next um, coming of that. But, yeah, there was actually in college. Uh, it was it was pretty fun. We uh, well, we had four of us living together my sophomore and junior year. And um me and one of my roommates, we were big into The Office from the beginning, but then uh, one of our other roommates had never seen it, and he just started to watch it on his own when he had like breaks from class, and we would, we kind of joined with him in his first viewing of The Office, and it was it was like really fun because he loved it so much, but then it was like it was just wild to me that there are all these jokes that. Uh, or lines from the office that, that he doesn't know that are like that exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and even once that he said he's like, oh, I didn't know that. Like that was from the office because he'd heard, you know, people reference reference it obviously, right. and then and no idea what it was from, and then he'd hear it in the office. Yeah, so that was yeah, it was a weird experience because something we had seen so much, but yeah, yeah I think like a roommate of mine was just like a few years ago was watching The Office all the way through for the first time. And I was just like, I did not know how to talk to him about it because I've seen it probably like over seven times. Like not all of it, but like what I have felt is like worth watching that many times I've seen. So hearing like first reactions is like tough. It's yeah. it's like when it's like when you like uh, saw Magnolia for the first time. I've seen Magnolia like seven times. It was like... It was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're, you you you've seen it, <laughs> so you've seen it now. <laughs> Have you seen it yeah, seven exactly. times? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's new to me. Yeah, right. I know oh, yeah. this world. <laughs> and I remember I have a lot of uh, a lot of memories of sitting in your basement watching The Office. Yeah. For hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Many good times in high school. Yeah, I think yeah. avoiding other friends uh, at oh, that to- at that moment. To- yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, I've binged The Office with a lot of friends, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's my office binging friend. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. But I, you're definitely my real office binging friend. But I've had like, I've had many after you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm heartbroken to hear that. But uh, yeah, no, it's only fair because because I have the same. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta binge The Office with somebody. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a good feeling. But uh, yeah, now today we're gonna be picking. Yeah, I mean, we, we we didn't really introduce the. We just introduced the <laughs> yeah. show. We didn't introduce anything else. Uh, the rest of it's uh, a little weird uh, compared to how we introduced it. But we are going to be recasting uh, the Office cast with directors that we think. Uh, match their match this character that everyone loves uh in yeah. however way we felt i i mean i don't know how you ch- chose your uh list but 
this was a little more difficult than I thought <laughs> as I did this today. Yeah. And I had to think of just the most, uh, just any reason exactly <laughs> to recast yeah. this person with a director. Uh, so, yeah. Mine are all over the place. Exactly. I, I, I'm not I've, even sure about some of mine. Oh, but yeah. I'll have a no. good explanation for it. Some of them I feel really confident about, and others there's just like one little detail that it's the reason exactly, I picked them. Exactly. Yeah, out of left field. I have yeah. a feeling I'm going to forget some of mine, and then I'm just going to be like, well, that's that, John. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> some of them I have, I have maybe one sentence of explanation behind it, and that's it. <laughs> All right, yeah. good. So I feel like we should do this diplomatically. We should go from section to section of the office. I agree. Uh, yeah. From annex to accounting department. I mean, we don't have to do this order, but you know what I mean. Annex to a sound uh, accounting department to sales, uh, whatever Creed and Meredith are. Quality, uh, quality. Yeah, quality assurance. Yeah. Ashwins, and then yeah. uh, Pam is technically corporate, right? Yeah. I guess. Reception is corporate. Uh, did you do any other receptionists besides Pam, considering there were others? So I didn't do Aaron. All right, I didn't either. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't. We originally were going to include Jan and Daryl, and I was just, I was struggling with uh, a few of them, and I was like, "There's no way I'm going to get anyone for Jan or Daryl." Yeah, well, uh, I was struggling just to get my last two, and then I remember, and yeah. I, was, I had Jan and Daryl left, and I was just like, I'm not doing Jan and Daryl. <laughs> yeah, no. And when we were talking about it, you mentioned Moe's, too, and I was like, maybe I could figure out someone fun for Moe's. Yeah, I was like, like, no, no. It's much harder than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> but I do I do have some good ones, I think. Okay. Uh, ones that I'm excited about, at least. But All right. All right so what we... what uh, section should we start in? Let's um, start in the Annex. Okay, that's Bob, what I was thinking too. With I think Ryan, should... Toby, and Kelly. It also fits because everybody in the annex it was like a main uh, writer of the show. So we're starting with the yeah. roots. The roots. Uh, so. All right, let's. Uh, okay. I just actually deleted my list on my oh, phone. No. So now I just got to go to the delete section. Okay. Good. It's all good. <laughs> or you could just improv. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll start. I'll start with yeah. one of them. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll start on a high note because this is one. I'm starting with Kelly. Kelly Kapoor. And this is one that I actually feel strongly about. All right. I, I think it's kind of weird, but I, I think once you hear my... I had a little trouble with sense. Kelly at first, but I, 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 I found something good. So... For mine, I picked Gary Marshall uh, as Kelly Kapoor, who, uh, if Gary Marshall movies aren't like popping into your head right away, uh, he, yeah, they they weren't for me right away either. But he directed um, Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, oh. and then most more recently Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, and Mother's Day. Okay, so you, that's a perfect so, pick. That's exactly the type the type of pick I was going for. It's just those type of uh, directors never are in my head, so I couldn't think of it. Yeah, see, but yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. What I immediately thought of was those like ensemble movies where they just have a thousand celebrities in a movie, like Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Mother's Day. Because I thought yeah. oh, Kelly Kapoor would just want a ton of celebrities in a movie. Yeah. Yep. So that's where I went with that. And then I found out, you know, he also directed like Princess Diaries and. 
all these Julia Roberts movies. I thought this is perfect for that is perfect. You know, like, pretty Woman, yeah. Runaway Bride. I'm pretty sure she's talked about Julia Roberts um, before. I feel like Princess Diaries too. I don't know. That's sticking out to me. So yeah, Gary Marshall is my pick. That's uh, better than my pick. <laughs> that's one of my stronger ones. I, I will say. All right, coming out strong. <laughs> uh, my pick is. Um, for Kelly is Lena Dunham. Uh, mm-hmm. She is the creator of the show Girls. That is uh, awesome. She she also has a role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as one of uh, Charlie Manson's uh, hipsters. I chose Lena Dunham because I think it's hard to find um, a female director who um, just kind of cut like is open openly at is willing to like portray herself as like crazy and erotic and just kind of not all together and not so straight. Um, and Lena Dunham is definitely, that's like her whole, uh, shtick is just that, uh, just that she's kind of a bit, just a bit of a weird, uh, person. Like, I think she, I think she, like, called out a bunch of people at an award ceremony or just online or something about uh, being sexist or just, just stuff like that. Like, she causes, she's not afraid to cause drama. And I yeah. feel like when you're looking back at female directors or even, uh, I mean, like, maybe actresses, you can, this would be easier, but female directors, I think it's hard to find ones that just are down to cause drama and get in debates with people. Um, I feel like they're all tr- they're all just like very straight, narrow, and want to appear level-headed. Probably because that's the way they feel as female directors is they need to be that uh, that way. And so I wanted to just find one that that's an oddball and kind of uh, uh, just willing to willing to you know just start drama with people. So I went with Lena Dunham. I, I that's a good pick. Yeah, that's uh, a better pick than I thought it would be based on what uh, how you prefaced it. But maybe, I also put... maybe it is a it's better than I thought. And my other yeah. picks are just way worse. Uh, the other picks are worse. Yeah, too too hard on yourself, Luke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading something about um, Lena Dunham was at some event. I don't know what, but uh, it was you know just a bunch of famous people there, yeah. and she was sitting at the same table as some athlete. Uh, I don't remember who, but apparently they they didn't talk to her the entire time. Yeah, and, I think that might be what I was talking about. Yeah, so she was she went on like bitching about that person and yeah. how terrible they are, and I think they just didn't know who she was. Yeah, or something, which I I wouldn't be surprised that some you know athlete wouldn't know who Lena Dunham is. She's like easily she's also like easily triggered. Yeah, yeah. Um, which and like it fits just the time we're in to have a person like her around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and, why I think and Kelly there are moments where Kelly's that. like, "Would you say that if I was white?" You know, shit like that. It's totally <laughs> yeah. a Lena Dunham thing. Yeah, no, that's a really good pick, personality-wise. I think, I think you nailed it there. Nice. All right. So should we go with uh, who's next? The Rye guy. Ryan, all right, fire guy. Fire guy. So this one was a little tougher for me because I, <laughs> yeah, I had some ideas, but then I was never, I don't know, it never really made too much sense. Right. So I ended up because I Ryan, I, he changes a lot throughout. Yeah. Throughout the show, um, so I went with 
Christopher Nolan for Ryan. You know what's funny is I've actually heard an interview with BJ Novak before, and he was went on like a rant about how he hates Christopher Nolan movies. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nice. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's very different from his character of Ryan. <laughs> uh, I would hope so, but uh, I went with Christopher Nolan because um, now I do I do like Christopher Nolan a lot, uh, but I also feel like he kind of has become a character of himself in a way, and I feel like Ryan also had a similar um, similar storyline where he becomes sort of the character of this like young. Um, young executive looking to you know take on yeah. the industry and disrupt it, and I feel like Christopher Nolan is kind of like that too, and with these huge grandiose ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything, and yeah. but but ultimately a little a little bit shallow. Um, and I don't think Christopher Nolan is nearly as much of an asshole as Ryan turns out to be, but I don't know. I just I thought there was some parallel. More successful. There. Yeah, yeah. And then Christopher Nolan, I, I think, you know, always tries to push the envelope and go bigger and bigger. And I, yeah, yeah. I think Ryan tried Christopher to Christopher Nolan would think of Wolf and Ryan would think of uh, Inception. It's the same thing. Yeah. It, that's, yeah, Wolf was a big reason why I went, uh, I went uh, this route. I see, all right, I see it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Nolan, yeah. Is Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, my Ryan is uh, James Franco. Oh, and I like I don't even know how to full totally like explain why, but I don't know. I it just kind of it just kind of sits right, like just the whole just Ryan like going a wall disappearing, uh, the way how he dyed his hair blonde. I could see, I know Franco hasn't done that, but he would do that any day. Yeah, he'd do that. He dyes hair blonde any day. Actually, he probably has dyed his hair blonde for some role. The amount of movies he's yeah. been in. I mean, he had um, cornrows for Spring Breakers. Yeah, and I think, different. and I think, I think they're both, uh, I think they're both pretentious, um, and they're both, uh, as uh, Michael Scott likes to say, attractive. <laughs> <laughs> hottest um, in the office. Yeah, yeah, hottest in the office, um, and uh, uh, they're just kind of goofy, <laughs> goofy, goofy dudes. Uh, so, yeah, James yeah. Franco. I think that's another solid pick. I, I'm actually impressed with our with our pick so far. I think James Franco <laughs> right. fits a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so then to round out the annex. Oh, I also didn't do Gabe. I didn't pick Gabe. Yeah, I didn't either. Okay. Um, to round out the off the annex, do we go with Toby? Yes. He's the last one. Yeah. All right, Toby was a tough one for me. Um, I, I I thought it was going to be more fun picking out Toby, but then I yeah, me too, me too. Him. I wanted to think of like a director that was like that mumbles, you know, a lot and like, uh, yeah, know. exactly. Um, yeah, I just figured I'd make this movie. I guess I don't know. People might to, like I it. I tried yeah. to pick like every director, every director first, like really directly because i would look at things like oh yeah toby's a lonely you know mumbling sad man guy and i would be like what directors i'm like well none of them are like that because they're directors (laughs) every person i'm like well i have to think of something else then (laughs) yeah i uh 
So, I mean, this is kind of a throwaway. I went with Ron Howard for Toby. <laughs> okay. And the main reason that I that I picked Ron Howard is just because um, I feel like sometimes he's kind of just safe, you know, and Toby's HR, so he has to try and keep things, you know, level and and safe in a way. Yeah. And I, I was thinking of, um, I was looking at his filmography, and he directed, I forgot he directed Solo, um, oh, but I, yeah, yeah. that was originally supposed to be uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, but then Disney fired them because of like creative differences. And I'm guessing it's probably because they want they were a little more out there and and wacky with their mm-hmm. take on it, so they went with the really safe route, which was um, Toby yeah. or uh, Ron, or Howard. Ron so, Howard. So they went they went to HR and they just picked they picked something safe and which yeah. was. Howard so that, that's my pick for Toby similar it's to not the a situation when they send Holly away to, yeah. to Utica and then they just bring the old faithful back yeah we can't you know there's the yeah the collusion with with Holly and Michael we, we can't have that and uh, so yeah we got to bring Toby or Ron Howard into to steer the ship so yeah that's that's Toby all right my Toby I went a similar route uh I picked uh, Todd Phillips oh. um, because, wow. which like care like uh, definitely like for like who they are as people, it's not it doesn't match up. But I was going off of like uh, who Michael just like can't stand. You know the guy Michael can't stand in the office. He just hates him no matter what he does, and I just. I just feel like that's how we've been uh, this this year with Todd Phillips and his yeah. and his biggest movie. Uh, and, and so I just I just went I went that route. Like whoever I'm like whoever's work I disliked the most this year. That's that's that Toby. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been enemy number one because. Yeah, we we talked a lot about him. We talked and, uh, a lot of bad about um, the Joker, and I hadn't seen it for like a majority of yeah. it. So like, the man really can't do any right in our eyes. So, so that's why he's Toby. Yeah. And then sometimes maybe he he has this holier than thou viewpoint. He I don't know. He thinks he has this uh, arrogance about him. And maybe some sometimes Toby has a little arrogance to him. You know? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, Toby. <laughs> Toby was a tough one. Yeah, we we got through it. Um, okay, well, so that's the annex. Yeah. Now covered the annex. Uh, should we move on to to Meredith Creed territory? Yeah, Meredith yeah. Creed territory. Uh, let's start with uh, Creed. <laughs> Creed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my pick for Creed, which I. I felt pretty good about this. Was actually probably the first one that I that I wrote down and and you know locked in as my answer. Yeah. And that's uh, John Carpenter. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> for some reason, John just Carpenter pictured, just really. I just pictured Creed like playing the Halloween score. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Creed. I could. I would totally see directing, you know, a slasher film, and uh, some some gory. Oh, I think that works really well because, like, yeah, Creed is wacky as hell, just like Carpenter. Yeah. Every Carpenter movie. 
And he, I mean, he plays music too. He's a musician, and and John Carpenter does a lot of his own scores. And uh, have have you seen Body Bags? Uh, John Carpenter's in that. I can't remember if he's directed it or he's just in it, but his like weird character in that remind me of Creed too. Uh, Yeah, just this weird, weird old guy into like gory uh, slasher horror stuff, Uh, and then yeah, the music element too. Yeah, this was this was one that I felt pretty strongly about when I <laughs> I knew I no, wasn't gonna uh, give it. That's a up. good one. That's a good one. John I feel Carpenter. like there's few good picks for Creed. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking at my pick now, and I'm not totally sure how I'm going to explain it. But <laughs> here goes. I put I chose uh, I chose Werner Herzog. Oh. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to think of why I did other than the fact that Herzog's an old man. Um, there was a point where I was going to choose, I was like set on choosing Herzog for, uh, Dwight. Um, and then I ended up switching it. I think it was cause like I was going for like, cause Dwight's obsessed with Germany, you know, that sort of thing. And, and I, I ended up because I had maybe cause I needed to fill out this spot. So I moved <laughs> Herzog to Creed. Um, but I think mainly why I thought that is cause Herzog's known as kind of a, a renegade guy who's all over the place. Um, he was mm-hmm. just doing yeah. various things all the time. And I think there's always some subtle thing going on with Creed, like some side gig he has going on, some criminal activity, some random sketchy thing, uh, some weird <laughs> hobby he has, like throwing things down the bri- off the bridge. <laughs> you should throw things down there, you man. You should throw yeah. things there, yeah. And, Definitely, uh, yeah. And, and, and Creed is totally not that serious um, about his job, and I don't think Herzog would be serious about this job either. Yeah, that, so, I, that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, Werner Herzog. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, uh, I've, got, I've got Herzog on my list too, so we'll, All right. we'll be bringing him up again later too. Um, and mine makes trust me mine makes way less sense uh but yeah nice creed uh yeah and then meredith I'm, a little meredith just, action yeah creed and meredith um okay yeah i forgot who i picked for meredith and then i just <laughs> read it so this one this is i think this is my worst pick or my second to worst pick um, for Meredith, I picked Steven Soderbergh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> simply because I know Meredith probably loves Magic Mike, and she would want to make a movie. She like would Magic shoot the Mike. shit out of Magic Mike, and that is the only reason is just for Magic Mike, and uh, yeah, and I because okay. I, I had to think of something. What's kind of you know, Meredith is like sleazy, and of course she's like, <laughs> that's all, yeah, she's, just, all she's just into into guys. You know, she's just horny all the time. So, yeah. Magic Mike, that's for her. Okay, yeah. I see it. So yeah, Soderbergh. My <laughs> Meredith is uh, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, wow. Because Dennis Hopper is the the biggest uh, partier, drinker, drug doer in uh, all of cinema. And so Meredith is the biggest drinker of the office. Um, also, cool. Dennis Hopper is a lot of like, as well, and Meredith both, I think, have a lot of just ex- 
they have very expressive faces. Like I feel, you know, like you, they also have a very, I mean, more so Dennis Hopper, but they have an intense side to them. Oh uh, yeah. Like I feel like, Dennis, I mean, I feel like Meredith's used very well in the office to be funny, but I could see Meredith having some really dark, like monologues. I could see her, I could see her in blue velvet being like, let's, Fuck, you know, like Caps blue ribbon. I can see, I could yeah. see, see it going each. I could see Dennis Hopper playing uh, Meredith in the office. I could see Meredith playing Dennis Hopper in uh, Speed. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> they're very interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're nothing. <laughs> There's no difference. Yeah, I could see Meredith yelling Paps blue ribbon. Yeah, or, to- or totally. She should have yelled at it like the. Moroccan Christmas party or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of darkness to Meredith's character too. Yeah, but, but the office is not. <laughs> yeah, the office doesn't show give us any of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. With so wow. many opportunities. That's a very deep pick. Yeah, I I like that one. That's good. All right. So, uh, yeah, we finished whatever section you call that of the should, office. Yeah. Should we go next to? Um, accounting yeah i was thinking accounting too okay yeah um all right sales I'm, is like you know there's a lot in sale a lot of yeah. a lot of big ones. level yeah. of importance wise um okay let's see in accounting who who do i want to start with oh man uh these are okay accounting these are my worst picks these are my worst picks for sure um okay i'm gonna start with oscar all right and uh i wrote down two and i was going to decide last minute uh who i'm going to pick so i'm I'm going to do that right now and i'm going to pick uh godard for oscar <laughs> John Luke godard. and my okay. reasoning for that i've only seen one godard movie breathless <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I know we've talked a lot about him and you mentioned a lot how th- a lot of his movies are just very pretentious. And uh, and I feel like Oscar is also a little pretentious. Yeah, there's and that whole episode it about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he's, uh, he's a part of the Finer Things Club, too. Yeah. And I feel like in the Finer Things Club, they would probably talk That's about... That's like the French New Wave of the French office. New Wave cinema. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, who would be a good, like, pretentious French... Uh, director for this and uh, yeah I, w- I went with Godard uh, <laughs> I was mainly thinking French directors the whole time but yeah and Godard was the choice but okay. yeah that's that's my quick explanation for, for Oscar there <laughs> so Oscar is getting some high esteem today because my choice for Oscar after your choice Jean-Luc Godard is Martin Scorsese <laughs> oh wow and I went with that because I feel like Oscar is uh, the sharpest guy in the office, and uh, I think Martin Scorsese is the sharpest filmmaker. And he, he, like they both understand yeah. just kind of the uh, the technical side and how things all kind of work. Um, and that's really that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like um, Oscar would be sort of the uh the movie guy out of all of out of all this too and he would say he would definitely say that marvel movies are amusement park rides like (laughs) out of anyone in the office he would definitely say that so yeah i think that's a i think that's a yeah like 
Be like, Michael, uh, Ace Ventura is not cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ace Ventura is not cinema, as Michael starts talking out of his ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely... I think those are good picks for Oscar, actually. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, to uh, Angela, maybe? Yeah, let's do Angela. Okay, this is my this is for sure my worst pick. Uh, it's someone who I didn't know his name until uh, just a few hours ago. Um, and I picked... Okay, I'll preface this a little more, because I was originally going to say Mel Gibson, because, you know, he's he's this Christian filmmaker he made passion of the christ and he's very outspoken about that that type of stuff um a lot of stuff but instead i went with uh, uh an even more out of touch christian filmmaker and it's harold cronk who <laughs> <laughs> i don't think either of us knew who he was until today but he directed a movie called god's not dead and oh i haven't seen it i've seen like trailers for it and this came out while we were in college, and I remember this random night um, when this movie came out, I, I started getting, uh, I got a few texts from people saying, God's not dead. And I was like, why are these random people texting me, God's not dead right now? It's apparently because this movie, God's not dead, came out, and it's a, it's about Changes that. Changes their life. Yes, exactly. It, it, and at the end of the movie, they're all supposed to you know, text everyone in your contacts list god's not dead like it's just like prop christian propaganda propaganda and uh it's uh it's all about like that story of the science professor who's like evolution science this yeah. and then and they're like well the bible says this and then the the professor is like proved wrong somehow with no actual concrete evidence and uh and that's basically what this movie was about so i thought a uh a christian movie that really it was just in completely out of touch with the re- reality fit mm. uh fit angela because it would have to be something very like night like passion of the christ is a little too like brutal and gruesome for angela i think so it'd have to be something uh lighter that's just beating you over the heads with um with someone else's views and that's what i think angela does that's so, yeah. totally nails it harold cronk yeah harold cronk <laughs> i went with for Angela, Clint Eastwood. Oh. I was kind of going along the same lines as you were with uh, Mel Gibson. Um, wh- when you you said Mel Gibson, I was like, that sounds that's that actually sounds better. I should have chosen that, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, I like how just Clint Eastwood is super out of touch. Um, and I think there's a scene in the office also where um, I think he says, like, Angela, you are just so old or something like that. <laughs> you are just the oldest woman or something like that. And, you know, Clint, she does come off as a little old just because of oh, the way yeah. she acts. You know, she's just, she's just totally. all she's all proper. Um, I assume she's right wing just with the way she acts. I don't want, you know, I don't want to assume uh, political beliefs so fast, but that aligns with Clint Eastwood. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I it's just it was similar to like Ryan and James Franco, where I just thought I just matched them up and it felt right. Yeah, I like that pick. That's another good one. Yeah, it, and I think it's along the, it's along the same lines of yeah, just picking someone who I don't know needs to 
tell everyone their beliefs and they're very they they stand firm yeah. with their like, I could see Angela yeah. making the mule. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh Gran Torino, yeah. Um all right, so then that I guess that leaves us to Kevin in the accounting <laughs> department. Yes. And Kevin was a tough one for me. Kevin's an interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went you know, I was I was originally thinking like, you know, Kevin really likes sports. Uh, I, I was thinking that all the time, like these characters yeah. like sports, and I'm like, which director likes sports? I'm like, no director vocalizes that much about their sports, you know, yeah. like, it's like Adam Sandler likes sports. Oh wait, he's not a director. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, this this took me a while, but I went with this person simply because of one movie, um, but maybe another movie. But I went with John Favreau for Kevin. I was thinking about going that route. Really. Yeah. But the main reason was because of Chef. Um, yeah. And I could see Kevin making. I was going to for like chili. for the for the weight the weight thing. Yeah, yeah. The food, and uh, and you know Kevin's homemade chili, uh, <laughs> and then I also thought of Swingers, and I was like, oh, I feel like Swingers is a movie that Kevin probably likes. So yeah, John Favreau kind of makes sense. Uh, but yeah, that that's really my only explanation for for Kevin is. John Favreau because of Chef and Kevin likes food. Yeah. I went with uh, the Farrelly brothers. Oh, that is a good um, pick. Because I think, like, sense of humor-wise, it's very um, it's very dumb. Very kind of dumbed down, but it's, a lot of the times it's in a good way. Because uh, Kevin all, always makes you laugh. And then there's that one episode, uh, end of season four, Goodbye Toby, where... Uh, they convince Holly that he's uh, <laughs> mentally challenged, and a lot of the Fairly Brothers movies um, feature characters who you could easily think that they're mentally challenged. Dumb and Dumber, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. including ever everybody, <laughs> like in Kingpin, you could say Kingpin, that, yeah. that uh, Bill Murray was mentally challenged for all <laughs> yeah. the breasts he was touching. <laughs> in public <laughs> yeah that's actually that's a really good pick and uh i could see kevin being in dumb and dumber or kingpin yeah and i and i think uh, from what i've seen is that the fairly brothers are kind of they're kind of like creepy directors and kevin's a pretty creepy dude yeah well peter fairly like it came out even before they won best oscar or best picture for uh green book that peter fairly would just show his penis to women on set, but he he call it a joke. He said he's just joking around. So uh, which yeah, you know everyone thinks is hilarious. <laughs> how is he not in trouble for that? And then like Louis yeah. C.K. is in trouble. I don't get that. Louis C.K. is canceled, but then Peter Farrelly, because yeah. maybe because he's not as well known mainstream, he wins an Oscar. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. No, it's because he was. It's because Louis C.K. was serious, and Peter Farrelly's just joking around, man. Like, it's, it's hilarious. Isn't it so funny that he just showed his penis? <laughs> that guy is just quite a jokester. Yeah. 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 That's, right why he's, that's why he's Kevin. Hashtag cancel, cancel Peter Fairley. Cancel Kevin. No, well, Kevin's much more. doing that during Green Book, too? He was showing. No, that, that was apparently during. Um, I can't remember the exact movie, but it was like early 2000s. And it was the you know it was just coming out then. Okay. I think he I think he had some lame apology 
and then you know said that he was trying to be funny. I mean, it something. was also it also was in the two thousands, so yeah, mm-hmm. I guess yeah, that's why he got away with it. But that'd be pretty funny if like during the one really serious movie they make and get a steam praise for their story comes out that he pulls his dick out on the set of Green Book. He's yeah, still doing that <laughs> ridiculous level of humor. <laughs> yeah, I mean even Vigo Mortensen was like canceled for a bit because he said the n-word um during like a, a press thing or it was during a Q&A with with audience members Man. and he didn't he didn't like use it maliciously he said you know and back then people would say and then he said it and and that like he got a ton of shit for that and uh, yeah but then Peter Fairley gets uh which was definitely a mistake by Vigo but um it didn't have like the same intent that peter fairly did just dropping his pants um but yeah whatever that's hollywood all right uh accounting department finished all right i guess we move on to sales sales brings us together (laughs) (laughs) no i thought maybe should we start with um the phyllis andy um stanley or grouping i guess yeah sure um all right with that uh let's start i'll start with stanley okay so stanley stick with me here i went with uh werner herzog (laughs) (laughs) for uh, a couple of reasons like you mentioned before he's kind of like this cranky old guy which Stanley definitely is. Uh, I remember seeing an interview of, because Werner Herzog is in The Mandalorian, and I remember someone asking him if he had watched The Mandalorian, or Star Wars for that matter, and he's like, no, I've never seen Star Wars. I'm not going to watch that stuff. And he's like, you're in it, though. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. Um, and then Yeah, but it's trash. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's, it's terrible, yeah. Even no, if I'm in it, it's not terrible. cinema. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, being just, like, old and, and, and a little cranky, that's part of the reason. And also because uh, Werner Herzog is a German, he would also probably love Pretzel Day. Uh, so that was... <laughs> that was I was like, trying to think of a way to connect Pretzel Day. I'm like, what a director talks about uh, his love for pretzels on uh, various yeah. interviews. <laughs> None. Yeah, that's Not exactly... Any. That was the first thing that made me uh, associate... Herzog with Stanley Spielberg was doesn't talk about his love for pretzels when he's on uh, Fallon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's 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 well, my Stanley pick. Would have made it easy. All right, my st- so I think it's funny uh, that uh, Oscar was Martin Scorsese and John Luca Dard, and uh, Stanley is Werner Herzog, and my pick Stanley Kubrick. Oh wow! <laughs> so we have all these esteemed highly esteemed directors for these guys um yeah. but i picked stanley kubrick because uh because kubrick was known for being high tempered on set mm. and uh you know i i think i think that kubrick any day would have said i did i stutter to any of his actors <laughs> while giving direction um and that's like- uh Stanley, we got to do take number 374. Did I stutter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, so that's, things, yeah. and that's really my only reasoning. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Other than that, I don't think Stanley's like Stanley Kubrick probably at all. <laughs> but 
It's that, it's that crankiness to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the demeanor. Yeah. And I and Stanley Kubrick also loved uh, playing games like chess and and uh, Stanley's crosswords. on his uh, crosswords. Yeah. Yeah. The other the other idea I had going into it. Yeah, we really went deep on Stanley's character here. Yeah. Yeah. The pretzels and then the crosswords. Yeah, you co- um, covered the pretzels. I covered the crosswords. Yeah, covered all all the Stanley bases. Um, okay, next, I'll go. I'll go with Andy Bernard, Nard yes. Dog. Uh, this one. Now that I'm looking at it, I feel like I could have put more thought into it, but um, yeah, I'm sticking with it, and uh, I'm going with Damien Chazelle. Uh, I or... almost. I, I thought of that at one point. <laughs> I did. Yeah, because Damien Chazelle obviously very into musicals from back in the day, which Andy Bernard would be too. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Damien Chazelle would would nerd out about singing in the rain the way Andy does about uh, Cornell and his and his acapella days. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, just doing I, these modern musicals and definitely being infatuated with that sort of thing. I forgot Damien Chazelle also did. A space movie first man but uh yeah yes yeah which... I, I i can see that pick because like i i was thinking the same thing because it's music but mixed kind of with like an an anger in a way like i feel like whiplash is an angry oh yeah a really angry movie that's like that's seeking approval and I think La La Land is the same way not La La Land's not really angry but it's definitely a a movie about like desperation and Andy Bernard is a very desperate character a lot. Yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Damien Giselle. So for Andy Bernard, I went with, uh, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> okay. Cause I was going full on, uh, with the, the fact that when you meet and Andy Bernard, He's just known for being the guy with anchor management. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a director lash out at reporters um, and paparazzi uh, more than I've seen with Quentin Tarantino. And so I I went with that. Nice. I, I think that makes sense, too. Definitely the the anger issues. I've seen I've seen those YouTube videos of Tarantino. Yeah, like I'm I'm shutting I'm shutting your butt down. And, I'm shutting uh, you down. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the one where he's like in Europe? Um, he's getting coffee somewhere. Um, and it's like so uh-huh. he, I don't know if it was actually in Europe, but it's snowing outside, and and uh, a camera guy is filming Quentin just walking so. home, getting coffee, and he's like, he's like, what is going on here? And he, <laughs> he's like. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> I, I think I have seen that. Yeah, uh, I've definitely I've seen one of him, you know, walking outside a restaurant or coffee shop. And he's like, "What are we? What are we doing here? Yeah, what are exactly. we doing? What is this? It's, what is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a recent interview, um, this year about a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a question is asked um, about Margaret Robbie's character. She's like, uh, "So, what was your reasoning?" Um, uh for to like to like so that sharon doesn't have as much dialogue you know she doesn't say anything. Mm, yeah uh, what was your reasoning behind that and he he kind of 
immediately uh, takes it as like they're coming after him. Like it's one of those questions, mm-hmm. and and he just kind of says like, "This is another just YouTube video. You could just look up like through his what he says. It's just he just says, I reject your hypotheses.' Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Did you I, see that one? I did see that one. Yeah, God, yeah I saw it, that quote. it's like some right away he's like on the defense of it whereas actually it's like a question he could have like answered and 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 like there's a he has a good answer for it like too yeah with when you just watch the movie and uh but yeah he immediately tries to have a have a rebuttal yeah i reject your hypotheses Yeah, it's a, that's a hilarious thing to say. Yeah, and it's very Tarantino. I reject your hypothesis. Uh, yeah, nice. All right. Well, okay. Before we move on, let's take a let's take a quick break, yep. and then we'll jump into the rest of the sales staff. Okay, there we go. All right. So, oh, who did we just leave off on? Uh, Andy, Andrew, Bernard. Oh, Andrew. We never did uh, yeah, Phyllis. We never did Phyllis. Oh, yeah. I thought we were done with that section, which is why I went to yeah, that yeah. break. Yeah, we, we almost forgot about Phyllis. Sorry, Phyllis. Um, all right, Phyllis. I got to pull up uh, the director I picked because I got to remember why. Oh, yes. Okay. I remember why. Uh, so this is another one uh, kind of out of, out of left field. Uh, <laughs> and I picked... Penny Marshall for Phyllis, uh, and really only because uh, Gary Marshall's uh, sister. So keeping it keeping the Marshalls in here, but uh, <laughs> only because she directed uh, A League of Their Own, which I feel like is a movie that uh, Phyllis maybe direct maybe would direct because she talks about having a friend when Michael's you know looking for uh, a girlfriend. And, you know, he can't get the chair model. Um, he's trying to get people to set him up in the office. And Phyllis talks about her friend who plays softball. And I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like Phyllis would also play softball or baseball. So then uh, I felt like A League of Their Own was fitting for a movie that she would maybe make because it's women playing baseball. Uh, and, and Phyllis is also a talented basketball player as well. Um and, oh, cheer- yeah. and cheerleader uh but yeah so that's that's the only reason i went with with penny marshall in this one all right i i kind of want to see that movie now a league of their own i was just looking at it, it looks kind of kind of good <laughs> oh yeah that's that's the uh there's no crying in baseball that oh from, that uh, yeah from t hanks yeah t hanks and gina davis sounds awesome yeah rosie and o'donnell and madonna and rosie o'donnell and Gary yeah. Marshall, <laughs> stellar female cast. Those are like all the all and the David big Strathern. <laughs> all the big names of the late '80s and early '90s. Yeah, it's loaded. All right, so my pick for Phyllis is a director that I've actually watched a good amount of this year on Criterion. It is uh, French filmmaker Agnes Varda. Oh. Um, there was that documentary that came out about Agnes Varda, and it just kind of gave me that like whole uh, vibe that like Agnes Varda is kind of like the the grandma of cinema in a way, <laughs> our our grandmother of cinema, and 
that is, you know, how Michael describes uh, Phyllis in that one episode where he's like, Ryan, you're my son. And Pam, <laughs> you're my wife. And Phyllis, you're my grandma. Michael, we're the same age. Yeah, so that's why <laughs> I figured I, I got to go with the grandmother of cinema, Agnes Varda. Right. Yeah. I like it. Um, all right. So we're now moving on to Dwight and Jim. Dwight and Jim. Their island there. All right. Uh I'll I'll go with Dwight first here. And yeah, Dwight, I had a few different um a few different options that I was thinking, but I feel I feel good about this one. Uh I also had to go I had to go German for this one. Yeah. And I went with Fritz Lang. <laughs> <laughs> that's our first uh classic director yeah i was I originally think. thinking like more of like the fantasy type stuff that he's in you know like yeah. 10 point power sword yeah uh, peter, like peter jackson or peter something jackson yeah yep um but then i yeah i thought I, if i go like a like a dark german type type direction that that would yeah. work too totally. so fritz lang and uh i could see dwight you know being really interested in and something like Metropolis and uh, an M too, probably. Yeah, just in the in some I of these see, you know, dark I see, uh, movies. Michael watching Metropolis and being like, "This city." <laughs> you remember that line? <laughs> Looking out the window. Yeah. Yeah. That... <laughs> the city. <laughs> yeah. Would, would cast Metropolis and in uh, Dwight Schrute's Metropolis, Michael Scott would be the the lead. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my pick for Dwight. <laughs> All right, cool. I almost went the German route, but I needed <laughs> someone for Creed, so <laughs> um, I ended up going with uh, David Fincher for Dwight. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think just mainly because Dwight has a lot of uh, kind of dark moments and uh, like kind of flirts with uh, violent tendencies which are a lot of what David Fincher's movies are about. Um, and uh, David Fincher is a gr- hard worker, an intense guy. His shoots are just, he's supposed to go for a million takes on a lot of his uh, shoots. And I feel like Dwight would uh, uh, be the same way. Yeah, it has to be perfect. Yeah, he'd, he'd yeah. be one of those for sure. Another take, you know, we've <laughs> seen him as, uh, you know, be a manager for a day. It's... Uh, you know, yeah. Fincher, Fincher probably uses uh, Finch bucks on his set. It's like, you yeah. get one Finch buck. Oh, I forgot about true bucks. Wow, yeah. yeah. You guys don't want to earn Finch bucks? <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you ever had him, but um, one of my favorite teachers at South was Mr. Albert. And Adam. Uh, one, I forget. He did, he did true bucks? Yeah, he gave us all true bucks. He, he print, printed them out, and if we did something... Uh, I forget for what, but we got shroop bucks, and I think I at my parents' house I still have my shroop bucks somewhere <laughs> laying around. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, nice. All right. So time for Jim. So Jim, Jimothy, James. Uh, all right. I went with a director. That yeah, the Jim was a kind of a tough one for me. Uh, yeah. I almost just went with John Krasinski, but then I. I didn't want to. No fun. I didn't want to go that route. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I kind of, I kind of like this pick. I think it fits, and it's a director I know you like a lot. 
uh, Richard Linklater. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think because of, uh, I think Linklater has, you know, these very like romantic movies. Uh, like yeah. The, uh, Ethan Hawke. What, yeah, what the, are the... The Before Trilogy. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then he also has these sort of like guys hanging out uh, mm. type movies, which I feel like, you know, Jim... Uh, is he's a romantic but he also just like you know hang out with his guys and everybody wants some you know there's a lot of baseball playing i'm sure jim uh jim would like that jim's an athlete yeah jim likes sports he likes sports uh and then uh yeah like boyhood too i mean it has to do with uh you know a parent and i i feel like jim becomes uh becomes a a strong parent figure to uh Mm -hmm. late in the in the series so uh yeah, I went with Richard Linklater. Their no, hair is like a messed up. Oh, too. that's true. That's true. It like sits down, kind of like the way my hair is right now. Yeah. But what's yeah, I, th- I think that's what's what's good about that is you like chose kind of a director who's a uh, romantic, and I didn't think of that into my gym pick at all. <laughs> but it's like a it's a it'd be a would have been a great uh thing to go off of, um because I picked uh for Jim I picked. Uh, Christopher Columbus. Um, oh, okay. Christopher Columbus uh, directed Home Alone, where there's all these, all these pranks going on, and Jim is the top prankster uh, in the office. Yes. Yeah. That, so simply for that. I wasn't. I wasn't sure where you're going exactly. But the the pranks thing makes total sense. Also, yeah. everyone loves uh, the first Harry Potter movie, and everyone loves uh, Jim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and everyone everyone loves Home Alone too. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, I was almost gonna go with like Jim Jarmusch just for the sake <laughs> of because uh, Jim Jarmusch is like kind of a good looking dude, and because he supports the arts and i was literally going off of one scene where jim like makes pam her like art studio her art studio oh, stuff. so i was like oh because yeah. that's why he's uh he's jim jarmusch <laughs> <'Cause of> that. <laughs> that's a yeah that's a that's a deep pull but i like the yeah christopher columbus i like the chris columbus route yeah, yeah. nice wow okay so we're really uh, we not going to We should do uh, pers- reception and then uh, finish it off with the regional manager. Wow, yeah, we only have two left. Okay, well, uh, yeah, Pam. Pam wasn't an easy one at first either, but uh, I went with Greta Gerwig. And yeah, I almost went that route as well. Yeah, and my reasoning is because she's... Um, sort of this, you know, this younger, a, a little bit awkward uh, girl, uh, but very artsy and into it's a lot of artsy things, um, but still very like, yeah, I don't know, very down to earth. And even Greta Gerwig with all this praise and fame she's getting, I, I still she still seems very much like a normal person uh, and much like I would I would imagine Pam would be if her art made it big, you know. If it, her art went past motel art, uh, like Gil says, uh, right. so yeah, yeah, I just felt like their their personalities may have a little crossover too. Um, so yeah, Greta Gerwig is my pick for Pam. I went with uh, actually a director, a female director who uh, passed away 
last week. So this is also like paying homage in a way. Uh, mm. Lynn Shelton. Yeah. Uh, she passed away uh, last week. She's, I think she's best known for like, um, just some of the work she did with like Mark Duplass and like she made a movie with like Emily Blunt and Kira Knightley. Um, more of an indie filmmaker, and mm-hmm. she, she's she's also known for doing all the Mark Maron uh, specials of the past few years. Um, mm. I mainly picked Lynn Shelton because ever since she passed away, I've done more research into her uh, life, and she didn't become a director until she was like 39. And so Dang. she's like, she's kind of a a like a picture perfect late bloomer and i feel like pam is also kind of going around the same route where she's like in the middle of you know being a receptionist who wish you know she hates being a receptionist she doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. with her life she spends all day all day fixing copiers and just doesn't know <laughs> what's <good. laughs> having an existential crisis about it and um and even though Pam doesn't make it uh, as, like, an actual artist, like, eventually she kind of finds her, like, um, her joy and purpose, like, later. And she's not, uh, she's not like, searching as much um, as the show goes on. I feel like it's, like, season maybe six or seven where you where pam's finally not complaining about like art school or something yeah. like that uh so yeah lynn shelton an artsy director who was a late b- bloomer yeah that's a good pick that's a it's a sad pick but yeah uh, that's pretty accurate yeah i like your i like your reasoning for that nice uh, and Lynn Shelton also did, which a movie was definitely on our top thirty lists of uh, twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, sort of trust. Sort of trust. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So then that leaves uh, Michael Scott. Yes, and I feel I, this one. I feel like in my own way, I nailed. And really? I feel like if you're gonna nail one, you gotta nail Michael Scott. The one. So this one I was uh, this the one I was most excited about, but I also was the most torn on mm. because I had I had like five different directors that I couldn't decide between. So I'll give my reasoning for picking this person before I say their name. But I was originally thinking, well, obviously like Michael did Threat Level Midnight. He he is a director in his own right, um, which is like an action film. But I, but I, you know, he's he's always referred to himself as like a student of comedy, and he loves comedy so much. Yeah, and yeah. You can clearly he always he wanted to be like Steve Martin or something. Yeah. Um. So I originally was thinking like Carl, Rob, Reiner, one of mm-hmm. those, or even Mel Brooks. Uh, but I ended up going with Dennis Dugan, uh, who <laughs> directs a lot of who's directed a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Almost all of them, including a lot of the really bad ones from the past. The recent ones. Yeah, including a lot of the recent ones. I think he directed the Grown Ups movies. Um, but I, I went with Dennis Dugan because I feel like while Michael thinks that he's like Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, he really does these sort of lowbrow, uh, 
these lowbrow comedies that aren't really that funny and they just have a lot of uh they're like email forwards of of movies you know yeah, it's yeah. like passed on jokes that we've heard a thousand times already yeah uh just used again kind uh, of a annoying humor yeah exactly so that's why I went with Dennis Dugan. He's not a not a huge name, but I thought that he fits. I like character. didn't know who he was at first, um, but then I was like, oh wait, yeah, I've totally looked up Dennis Dugan before because he's yeah. made all these movies I've seen. Yeah, like he made the Benchwarmers. That's like totally, and don't mess with the Zohan. That's totally like a Michael uh, level yeah. humor. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Jack and Jill. Uh huh. Jack and Jill totally is. Um, yeah. And and the Grown Ups trilogy, which we just talked about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that was my reasoning. I think in his mind he thinks he's like, you know, he's making these great Steve Martin comedies back in the day or Mel Brooks comedies, but really he's, uh, yeah, he's he's Dennis Dugan, the <laughs> email forwards of movie directors. Yeah. Nice. That's a, yeah, I like that phrase, the email forwards of movie directors. <laughs> yeah. All right, my Michael Scott. I'm excited for this. George Lucas. <laughs> oh, that is a great pick. <laughs> because mainly going off just what we all best know uh, George for from our generation, which is the Star Wars prequels. Um, mm-hmm. The Star Wars prequels are uh, very uh, not self-aware um, they're very. They think they're very funny. They're always trying to be funny with the with the Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Yeah. Um, I, I and I I think that it really they were movies that really showed uh, that George was just not in touch with the people he's working with um, at all, and that he pretty much just has a bunch of people uh, doing things for him. Um, yeah. And yeah, just kind of lost, kind of has his head up his ass, which is pretty much what Michael's uh, character is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's a really good pick. I honestly desperately wanted to include George Lucas somewhere, but I I couldn't get like the right fit. But that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah, and I could just <laughs> see him running the office in a similar fashion to michael where everyone's just like offended and confused um at everything going on and doesn't get any of his jokes yeah i remember you said uh when we were podcasting with jake you said um something about how no george it's the critics who are wrong something and michael has that quote where he's like uh he's like don't listen to your critics listen to your fans yeah exactly like, exactly <laughs> yeah that's george lucas right there yeah. yeah except he didn't listen to his fans either i guess by you know altering how han didn't shoot first and all that stuff but yeah yeah that's it's something that i was uh, almost gonna yeah. pick like spielberg for like dwight just so that he has like his right hand man who's helping him like you know like at south park doing all the new edition special editions so that like michael and dwight doing all the special edition things yeah that makes sense too yeah wow that's a that's a good pick george lucas that's a good one to end on yeah we did we we did the whole office we did not uh do uh we did not do jan or vance refrigeration or 
even Craig Robinson. Yeah, no Daryl. No, no Aaron or Gabe either. Yeah, they're just they're just not just one of the main. The, uh, we just did the classic group. Yeah, no Karen Filippelli. We and, didn't even really like discuss characters that much, but we kind of just did them all the same. So I think it just shows we uh, we see like we we're in agreement on who the uh, the main cast is. Yes. Yeah, we actually we didn't talk about it. We didn't that talk much. about it at all. Like we're just like okay, the main cast, and then Jan and Daryl, and then we we canceled them out. But then yeah, we still ended up going with the same cast. Yeah, I think yeah. it could have been easy to do like like you said before. Like I didn't do Gabe. I like I think that could have been one that, especially since Gabe is a uh, a horror fanatic. Gabe totally yes. could have been somebody. And uh, but yeah, nice. Yeah. If if anyone out there thinks of good picks for those characters we didn't do, yeah, feel free to to let us know. But shout, shout them out. The world shout them out. The world needs to know. Yeah, but yeah, those were those are our picks. Who knows? Maybe we'll do something like this again uh, in the future. So that's the office cast as movie directors.